Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 Sunday night football, by the time that you were watching this, more than likely most people, you know where you're standing in the one o'clock games. Maybe you won some contest early on if you're watching this right before Sunday night kickoff. And odds are you're trying to get some lineups in in the last second because that's when these videos usually pick up the most viewership on Sundays. So we're here to help you. We're here to help you make some informed decisions as quickly as possible. So like and subscribe as we get into it. And let's not waste any of your time. Look at this fucking beautiful shirt, though. Let's not waste any of your time. Hopefully you're having a lovely Sunday. And if you had a bad early games or you lost some bets, don't let it ruin your night. Don't let it ruin your week. Don't take that out on the people that you care for. It's just fun. You're just having some action on some games. If you are actually mentally and emotionally distraught and taken back and it's ruining hours and parts of your day, what are you doing? Lower how much you're playing or get away from this. You're clearly, clearly not having a healthy connection with what should be fun. So that's a pause for you if you're trying to chase your losses in the Sunday night showdown slate because you're probably going to lose again. That's just the nature of the beast with DFS and showdown slates in general. So let's get into it, though, and let's now with a, a clear head and we baseline, we filtered out all the people who were the loose cannons. Let's get into this now. So here we go. This is where I stand early on. And, and obviously, and this is a, a very small slate like or a very small player pool of guys who can actually make an impact. I only projected 28 players for points. Normally, it's like 32 to 35. That's including the kickers. That's including the, the, the defenses. So like 25 actual players for points. And out of those 25 players, I've got about seven or eight that are projecting for like less than four or five fantasy points. So like there's like legitimately 16 dudes on this slate that we can choose from. And it makes sense. We just saw the Packers play the other day on a showdown slate. They run very, very tight with their rotations in terms of the players that touch the ball san francisco down a bunch of bodies and in general in the receiving core they run pretty tight as well and right away we can start with Devonte adams who it goes to a guy who maybe maybe had one of the worst performances you can have last week for how good of a matchup that he had and in that worst performance he went for like eight catches for 120 plus yards or something along those lines he was fantastic he just didn't find the end zone he scored over 23 fantasy points on DraftKings. he was in the winning lineup so when i say a bad performance i mean he just didn't hit 40 points and hit his ceiling right and now he's going to come out and have just as good of a matchup with no Jason Verrett with Emmanuel mostly still banged up and apparently practicing limited we'll see if he plays in this game but he's banged up as well so you're getting Devontae Adams with the number one matchup if he gets a lot on the nor in this one even if he has a banged up Mosley still a matchup advantage the number one matchup for a second straight week in a row of any wide receiver you're going to find last week he had like a floor game for eight catches for 125 yards he has a 27 percent target share in the season and expect the touchdowns to come very very soon now he's priced up but I like him I like him more than Aaron Rodgers this week look Aaron Rodgers had four touchdowns no interceptions last week 250 passing yards but three of them were little dink and dunks to Aaron Jones now they throw a lot in the red zone in general this team but you can expect that to balance out as the years go on or the days go on and weeks go on not really years that it's not going to be three receiving touchdowns for Jones when he scores the touchdowns so could Rodgers do that again yes but you're going to need Rodgers to have a four touchdown game again and a decent passing yard game and you're going to need other players in the slate to not produce like in that game yeah Jared Goff was decent not great Cephas was fine but nobody else really produced it wasn't a big DeAndre Swift game it was a decent TJ Hawkinson game but it was still enough that the expensive Aaron Rodgers in the last showdown so they got you there now at 11,800 he has to do everything for you he has to do everything he has to go out there and get a 25 to 30 30 plus point game and with not that much mobile upside these days it's going to be hard it's going to take a four to five touchdown game to start to get into that neighborhood so Aaron Rodgers for me he's in play he's a yes because when you put him in the flex spot if you have enough money as you can see here he's a yes it's going to look decent for you it's going to look good 9.4 yards per attempt last week he's facing a San Francisco secondary that right now ranks 14th and their pass rush ranks 14th and he has the number two overall 
overall rated offensive line. The problem is the price point's a little bit restrictive. The third guy that I will say is a yes is just because of the price point and it's AJ Dillon. Look, there's there's this weird balance here where Kylan Hill has played in each of the past two weeks because the Packers get blown out week one and they're blowing the doors off late in the fourth quarter up three scores. So Kylan Hill plays over AJ Dillon. But AJ Dillon is the clear backup in this backfield. And last week he ran 10 routes. He saw a target. He had five touches on the ground. That was basically in like three quarters of play because the game got out of hand in the fourth quarter. So he's getting six touches. You can expect six to eight touches out of him. And for six to eight touches and maybe 10 touches overall, and if he's going to run 10 and if he plays the fourth quarter, going to run 14 to 15 routes in this game, it leads to another target or two. At $2,600, it's in play. On a showdown slate, you're not going to get eight touches or 10 touches opportunity that much for that cheap that often. So we'll find it. Now, maybe yes is a little bit extreme, but I'd expect to get 25 to 30% of AJ Dillon in my runs. Now, next up is this man named Debo Samuel, who I made a TikTok saying, if you own him in season long, sell him as high as you possibly can. Get an elite actual player because he's not going to remain this high. His team ranks bottom five in pass attempts per game through two games. We expect them to be a run heavy team, especially when they get healthier. He's just thriving off the fact that he's been efficient. Brandon Ayuk has been banged up and not playing and Jared and Jared Cook, but George Kittle has been slow so far. Like you have right now a 41% target share league high through two weeks for Debo Samuel. That's not going to sustain his 79 yard touchdown week one is making up 32% of his fantasy production. Clearly that's not going to sustain for reference. Devonte Adam led the league last year with a massive and almost one of the best we've ever seen 34% target share. You think Debo at 41% is going to hold up in this offense? I don't think so. That being said on this specific slate, I like where he's at right now at $9,400. That is a little bit pricey. We're going to get to George Kittle. Who's probably the best play on the entire slate, but Debo Samuel at $9,400. He leads this team with 52 routes run. Brandon Ayuk, whatever's happening with him, I expect to wear off, but it's just an odd scenario right now. But he leads everything on his team in receptions, in yards, in touchdowns with his 20 targets. He'll see some Kevin King, which I do think Kevin King comes off the field more this week after allowing yet again last week a right away to start the game to Quintus Cephas, a 40-plus yard reception. He's just chasing his backs to the quarterback, running and trying to catch up to the receiver left and right. I do expect the first-round pick rookie Eric Stokes to continue to play more and play over him. So we'll see what that does. But either way, it'll be Debo versus a rookie. These manufactured touches. Yes, Jair Alexander is out there, but we know that Debo gets the manufactured touches. Now at $9,400, if you're not going to have a 79-yard touchdown, will eight targets for Debo and six of them being between five and 10 and 12 yards, will that be enough to pay off this price point? I think that wide receivers have very high variance. And I do think that this matchup is very good against the Green Bay overall defense, not just the run defense that is shaky, but their secondary that has talent back there, but is has been shaky through the first two weeks, especially in the middle of the field. I do think Shanahan can take advantage of that with Debo Samuel. And I think he can take even more advantage of it with George Kittle, who is a ridiculous price at this point. George Kittle is $8,200. George Kittle is not playing bad this year. He has nine targets in one game where they were blowing the doors off of a team in the Detroit Lions, and they basically did not really run any run or pass plays in the second half of that game until like the final drive that they had. And then they go run heavy in the first half and parts of the third quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles. Like they haven't had a reason to pass the ball like they will in this one as just three point favorites against the Green Bay Packers. Kittle's seen nine targets. He's brought in eight balls. He's had a decent stat line so far, and we know the touchdown upside he has. And oh yeah, the Packers for years have not been great defending tight ends, and this year is no different. They've already been gorged by tight ends so far. TJ Hawkinson last week, who George Kittle is better than, and at very worst, the same talent level, but I'd say better than. And then you had week one, Adam Trotman and Jawan Johnson played well against this Packers defense. This is a really good spot for George Kittle. He's one of my favorite plays in the slate. As of right now, I haven't built any lineups yet. You'll see in my Patreon projections, I have projections, ownership, rankings, get in on Patreon. What are you waiting for? Link down below. The Discord with over 800 people. We'll, we'll talk about it, but he's going to be probably one of my favorite captain options. Normally, I'm playing a lot of wide receivers and in, in elite pass catching and running backs in my captain spot if they have that passing game work. And the price point on George Kittle just makes no sense at this point at $8,200. Now we can continue to go down and you can see in here as we go, there's Jimmy Garoppolo. I like him. He's been decent so far. The first half against Philadelphia was pretty terrible, but still 9.1 yards per attempt, two touchdowns. They're manufacturing touches for him on the season. There was no snaps by Trey Lance last week 
after he stole a touchdown in week one from Jimmy G. And he's going to have a positive 16% run pass blocking advantage against the Packers. And don't have Zedaria Smith, who ranked 24th in passers so far, who have not been generating any pressure. They have one team sack through two games, no individual sacks so far. And they have like a middle of the pack secondary so far through two weeks. This is a good spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. You get the nice price discount over Aaron Rodgers. Like if I look at it right now, I have Rodgers for 19 and a half fantasy points on the Patreon projections link down below if you want to check them out. And I have Jimmy G for a little bit over 18 points. So you're getting a $1,600 difference and he's only projected for like one less point. I have right now Jimmy G projecting out as a value, as a better value play right now than Aaron Rodgers, right? So I like that. And now here's the big thing that we have to monitor. Eli Mitchell, I have as a yes on here. We can do this live. We can make him a maybe. There's a massive just clusterfuck in this backfield right now for the San Francisco 49ers. Eli Mitchell is highly questionable. They have signed Kerryon Johnson to the practice squad. He is not on the active roster as of my recording of this video. I am recording this on Friday night, by the way, just to let you know. I don't have time on Sundays to record, so if anything changes, I'll put up, put up a pinned uh, comment to this YouTube video. Uh, and if you're on the podcast version, just track stuff in the Patreon Discord or on the YouTube video comments or just on Twitter. So here's the scenarios. You have Eli Mitchell, highly questionable. It seems like he's leaning more towards doubtful. We'll find out. I'll leave him as a maybe right now because if he does indeed play, he'll be the running back one. He commanded 17 touches last week compared to just one touch for Trenton Cannon, their special teams ace, just one touch for Trey Sermon, who got banged up in that game as well. Jermichael Hasty gets banged up. He's on IR. He only has five touches. It's going to be clearly Eli Mitchell, who profiles out very much so like Raheem Mostart in this offense. And not only that, but whoever does carry the load will have a fantastic positive 80% run block advantage, according to Pro Football Focus this week against this Packers run defense. So that's Eli Mitchell, highly questionable. Then you end up having Trey Sermon, who is questionable in the concussion protocol. They say it's trending in the right direction, but it's a concussion. We don't have any idea. I had a concussion for a year and some days felt like a lot better, 90% healthy. And then the next day I felt like the worst I've ever felt. So these things, you have no idea. You have no idea. It looked like a terrible hit. He basically sustained two concussions on one play. I would argue every single concussion you have is two concussions because it hits one side of your brain and 90% of the time hits back to the other side of your brain. So technically there's a chance that he sustained four concussions on one play. That sounds crazy to people like not really educated on what concussions are, but there's a really good chance that that happened for Trey Sermon. So them saying he's trending in the right direction. By the time you're watching this, you probably have the information and he's probably playing. If he's playing and Mitchell is not playing, yes, go to Trey Sermon. If they're both out, well then Jockeys Patrick is the third running back on this team right now. Jockeys Patrick from the XFL, right? He ended up playing in Seattle for them. They had a run heavy approach where him and Devion Smith were two of the top three running backs in rushing on the exact same team in the XFL on the same team, right? In their offense, they were run heavy. So don't look at that. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals in the preseason. He looked decent, but he's not that athletic. He's just kind of a bulldozer. He's like 230, 235 pounds. He's slow. He ran a 474 coming out. I don't expect much from him, but if those other two guys are out and Trey Sermon and Mitchell, he's going to carry the ball 10 to 15 times. It's not going to be Trenton Cannon. Trenton Cannon will be involved, but it's going to be Patrick ahead of Trenton Cannon. Trenton Cannon practiced all preseason as a wide receiver. Trenton Cannon only had one touch last week, even though everybody was getting banged up because they like him on special teams. He's their special teams ace and they like him more actually as a receiver than a running back. I know all of his career, Trent Cannon has played running back. I get it. I get it with the, with the, with the uh, Panthers, with the Jets. I get it. His entire career. He's seven years, 27 years old right now, six, seven years in the NFL. But this past year, they transitioned him to a wide receiver. I don't think they want to play him running back all that much. That's why they signed Jockeys Patrick to the active roster. So just keep an eye on that. Like right here, if I scroll through these names, you're going to see names like Eli Mitchell right there. And if I keep scrolling, you're going to see names like Trey Sermon and Jockeys Patrick. These guys are both cheap. If Mitchell is indeed out, you're going to want to play these guys. These guys will become yeses if there's no Mitchell, mainly Trey Sermon if he's fully active, but also Jockey Patrick will be involved. The only way I really play Patrick with any confidence is if Sermon is out, but he's definitely in play if just Mitchell misses. And before we continue with some of those wide receivers in terms of Trent Sherfield and Mohamed Sanu, we shall get into prize picks. These are the props that I've taken today. They're the sponsor of the program.
Instagram. This is what I have for this game right now. If you are indeed wanting to take any and tail this, use the code SAL. You get a free bet. Two seconds of your time to, to let you open up your earballs for that one. You get a free bet, F-R-E-E, on your first deposit up to $100. You get a free bet up to $100 with the code SAL. This is what I personally have taken. It's a flex play, meaning I don't have to get all four right to profit. That's the nice thing. That's what I like about prize picks. It's not only parlays. I have Adams over 85 and a half yards. I have him projected for 93. Robert Tonyan under 31 and a half receiving yards. It might seem like a low number, but this guy does not crack 31 and a half receiving yards all that often. If he scores touchdowns, that's fine as long as he stays under this number. And then two 49ers who I like, Debo Samuel over 65 and a half receiving yards. Kittle looks good too, but I didn't take him. And Jimmy Garoppolo over 39 and a half receiving yards. I have him for closer to 260 so that's by far my favorite prop out of these four so you combine those together you get yourself some nice dollaruskis you use the code sal it is very simple s-a-l and you get a free bet up to 100 bucks you can tail those or take any others that you want for sunday night football for monday night football whatever it might be and then these guys have to be in play. The wide receiver three and fours, if not the wide receiver three in, in Trent Surfield. He's splitting time right now with Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk has been running more routes than him since midway through the first game, even though there was a lot of stuff in the first quarter about Surefield playing more because he scored a touchdown. Basically, you're getting Surefield. He's ran 26 routes on the year. He's seen six targets. He's mainly used out wide 85% of the time. He only ran 12 routes last week, but he's $1,200. You're going to get 10 routes. You'll probably see two or three targets, maybe a deep shot against a little bit of a sketchy Packers secondary, especially side the side opposite of Jair. Next up, you have Mohamed Sanu. And Mohamed Sanu is the starting slot receiver, right? He has played 68% of his snaps in the slot. He's ran 27 routes through two weeks so far. He's only had two targets in one catch, but he has to be in play because yes, the usage is there. The overall volume is not coming, but the usage is there in terms of his routes. Maybe putting these guys as yeses is a little bit aggressive, but that's where I'm at right now. I'll scroll down. Aaron Jones is a maybe for me only because he's expensive. He scores four touchdowns last week. I do think the 49ers will play some Tampa two, two high safeties, which means they'll try and run the ball still with Aaron Jones. Jones wasn't that effective on the ground. He just had three receiving touchdowns last week. He was good in the receiving game that's why we like him at 11,200 I'll be interested in seeing the ownership last time I made a video like this I wasn't that high on Aaron Jones then we shot the live stream and we had the ownership and I said I love Aaron Jones because he's a leverage play in a showdown slate so once I get the ownership projections on Patreon you'll be able to see where the leverage plays lie at so Aaron Jones right now is in play he'll become stronger in play if indeed he doesn't pick as pick up as much ownership after last game I do think he'll pick up more ownership in the captain spot so right now I prefer Devonte Adams in that exact same price range Robert Tonyan I'm closer to being out on at this price point like Tonyan he caught the touchdown on a beautiful pass that was it like Robert Tonyan is touchdown or bust outside of that he has six and a half fantasy points i have tonyan projected for seven and a half fantasy points based on tonyan's price right now or his projection he should be closer to like a four thousand to forty five hundred dollar player is what i have him at i think he should be closer to the alan lazard price point of 4k flat so he's a maybe because he does have that touchdown upside still but look he's not playing all that great three targets last week he ran only 20 routes he will have a nice matchup in the middle of the field against al shahir but it's not going to be just the best spot because of the price point mvs and alan lazard we can hit them at once they're in play they can't be priorities they're cheap enough to fill out your roster because MBS has ran 50 routes. Lazard has ran 46. They're top three on their team behind Adams in the wide receiver routes so far. MBS is clearly boomer bust. He's top five right now in overall air yards. He's number one in unrealized air yards. He's number one in deep targets with six targets or 20 or more yards in the NFL right now. He actually got open last week. Rodgers just missed him on the outside. Like he's going to get these one to two deep shots a game. Does he hit and have one catch for 70 yards and a touchdown or does he not? The first two weeks he has not. You take the gamble if he does this week. Alan Lazard at $4,200 is just not being targeted. He saw zero targets last week after four targets 
targets week one and now they want to play apparently randall cobb more which makes sense like alan lazard is fine for me but at 4200 i start to shy away from it the packers defense is there play them if you want to they grayed out for me as just a meh play same with the 49ers defense i'm not that interested i will jump down to randall cobb at 4400 randall cobb is a no for me but the fact that i'm gonna make him a maybe just because they're talking about already getting him more involved because look his routes week one he ran 11 routes and half of those routes were in the fourth quarter with jordan love so not that involved week two his routes shrunk to just six routes run but he caught three balls on three targets two of which were third down pickups and here's the thing he's not running many routes but he's getting targeted on those routes 50 percent target rate last week because aaron Rodgers trusts him especially on third downs so if he starts to run 15 to 20 routes he's going to see four to six targets so then he becomes in play the problem is we haven't seen it yet the coach is just saying that they're going to give him more usage we don't know if it's actually going to happen so just keep that in mind based on the first two weeks usage he, you can't play him at this price point you just can't because he's running six routes compared to the other packers receivers who are similarly if not cheaper priced who are running 25 routes a week but if they hold true to their word and actually change some things and get him more involved that's where you can actually see him become somewhat of a play on the showdown slate brandon Ayuk at fifty six hundred dollars what to do with brandon Ayuk? i haven't projected for about eight fantasy points i haven't projected to run around 20 routes in this game he ran 15 routes week one that bumped up to 19 routes last week 34 total routes on the season is 18 less than debo samuel he is now running ahead of trent sherfield though sherfield only had 12 routes last week to brandon Ayuk's 19 but he only has one catch for six yards on two targets on the season those both came last week those targets so that's a concern but at 5600 if you believe in the talent if you believe in kyle shanahan saying it was a hamstring injury limiting him he looked fantastic last year he was the best rookie in the last five years in terms of man-to-man uh, man-to-man defense and his win success rate so brandon Ayuk at 5600 he's in play for me especially if he doesn't pick up ownership as a massive leverage play we talked about some of these 49ers running backs and the ways in which you can play them and who has to start and who has to sit in order for them to look good you play sherman if there's no mitchell if there's no mitchell then that means that patrick is in play if there's no sermon or mitchell that means that patrick looks a lot better and then cannon starts to become in play as a backup running back just on an emergency basis they have carry on johnson on the practice squad if he gets signed to the active roster i think he's still behind jockeys patrick but he starts to become in play if sermon and mitchell miss you get right now mr kyle use kyle use has to be in play because he's only 800 bucks and kyle use is involved through the first two weeks he's ran 25 routes which is top four on this team right now in routes run he's had four targets three catches for 22 yards he's had a carry so you just expect three to four opportunities i don't really want to play him that much but i can't say that he's not in play at all in this slate like if i'm playing a 150 lineups i expect to get probably seven eight percent of kyle use because he'll probably see two to three targets in this game 49ers defense is fine if you want to get there just like the packers defense i don't really have that much interest in either of them if i had to choose one they both project out for me for the exact same value literally the exact same value so take the cheaper one in the 49ers but that doesn't feel great against aaron Rodgers, who doesn't turn the ball over two picks week one but doesn't turn the ball over all that often and then to close this one out i mean you have the kickers the kickers are fine they're decent they're projecting out for like seven to seven and a half fantasy points each team has a nice total of over three touchdowns implied the total in the game in general is nice around 50 or 51 depending on where you look I would roster at most one kicker. Mason Crosby's a little bit cheaper. He projects out for more points, so that's the way to go. But there's enough values on this slate, like a Trey Sermon, uh, like a Jock Patrick, like an A.J. Dillon. Even the defenses, I might prefer more because of their touchdown upside to these kickers right now. So it's two really good kickers, so that's what keeps them in play. But both of them look fine. They look fine. I usually don't roster two of them. I usually try and stay away from kickers. We've talked about uh, Mr. Randall Cobb and how he might be involved more, how he has not been involved yet. This price point is way too high if he sees similar involvement as the first two weeks, but they're already saying Matt LaFleur saying he wants to prioritize getting Randall Cobb involved more. So if that's the case, it makes sense that Rodgers throws to the guy that he actually likes and has been targeting in key situations on third downs more. And then that's it because there's nothing really left here. Trey Lance, he didn't play any snaps last week. I don't care if he's going to play 10 snaps in this game. He's $6,000. He's way too expensive. Mercedes Lewis has ran 17 routes for the Packers. He's only had one target. He's basically a pass blocking tight end. He gets a little bit involved in play action. Cannon is only going to be involved for me if both Sermon and Mitchell miss. 
and they don't activate Carryon Johnson because then Cannon will be one of two running backs on the active roster. Otherwise, Jockeys Patrick is already on the active roster, so that's three running backs already ahead of Cannon, who they like mainly as a special teams player. Again, only had one carry last week, even though all three running backs were hurt in that game. Carryon Johnson is only in play if a bunch of guys are out and he's even on the active roster. As of this recording, he's not. Jawan Johnson at $1,000 is not in play. You might be looking at him because he scored a touchdown. He's ran just five routes in two games. That's it. Just five routes in two games. He just happened to score a touchdown. And Ross Dwelly, a backup tight end, has only ran eight total routes. He's not in play for me. So before we end this up, I want to let you also know to be sure right now, especially if you're watching this right before the game starts, to go to Superdraft and see how filled their contest is. I can't show you it right now because I'm recording this on Friday, but this is their main contest. It's $50,000 to first. That's for the Sunday slates. They'll have like six or $8,000 to first contest for Sunday night football, but the contest never fill. Like right here, this contest is nowhere near filling. We're obviously a couple days away from it, but their main contest will fill 80%. And if that's the case, and on a Sunday night when everybody's playing all other slates, they're trying to get in on the DraftKings big slate. They're out. They're chilling out, relaxing, maxing all cool at a bar watching the game are drunk they're chilling the last thing they're thinking about is the super draft showdowns but if you're watching this you can actually be notified and get an edge this contest last week filled at like 60 percent 60 percent let me say that again ready 60 percent meaning that if you entered the contest just one point scored in your lineup which i assume you know how to roster people and you can score points if you scored one point you beat 40 percent of the field almost half the field just by entering a lineup that is the best chance that you will ever have at winning a DFS lineup, at winning a DFS tournament, at even placing and cashing in a DFS tournament is when you can score one point and beat 40% of the fucking field. So go to Superdraft right now. If you want a free 20 bucks to play with, you just use the code SAL to say, hey, you have a promo code. So Superdraft.io, go there. You click sign up. It says you got a promo code. You type in SAL. That helps me, but it also helps you because you get 20 bucks and then you enter the contest where it's not even fucking 75% filled and you have the best chance to ever win a GVP that you've ever had in your entire life. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. They can't fill these contests because they don't have good marketing. They're trying to help me help them market more. And this is how it happens. But you should get in early while you can right now, especially when these contests and these prize pools are so large in terms of the Dalaruskis they're giving out. So there you go. There's a bunch of things you can do. Take some props, play on Super Draft. Like those are the things I would prioritize over DraftKings, even though we spend all the time on DraftKings because that's where the high dollars are. That's where people care more about. But your best chances of winning are in the props markets where, so, where it's softer and the contests that don't fill at 100% and nowhere near it on Super Draft. But there you go. Everything you need to know for the showdown slate, this one game slate. I appreciate you a ton. I also took the Packers plus three and a half, by the way, if you were curious by any means. I took them earlier in the week. They were in the betting video. You all rock. Please do before you go hit the like and subscribe button and let me know in the comment section who is your favorite captain for this slate. I'm leading George Kittle, but any of the wide receivers, Adams, Debo, they're in play for me. Peace out, gang, and I'll see you all in the next one tomorrow for the Monday Night Football Showdown video and live stream later in the day.